You're listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Know that grace, peace, mercy, and hope are yours in abundance from the triune God. Amen. So I'm not at all uh, the green thumb type. I couldn't tell you most of what grows in our yard at home, except that there's grass that I have to mow. I can't grow vegetables or herbs or flowers. I worked for a farmer who was also a congressman, and I had to learn a lot about the process of growing things especially potatoes, which were his specialty. But for me, it seemed all to be kind of a mental exercise. I didn't have then, nor do I have now, the practical skills, nor the inclination to make things grow from the soil. During the time I was learning about agriculture, and I was learning about agriculture policy in our country, which uh, is perhaps a sermon for another time, I was unintentionally learning another lesson that has agricultural tie-ins. It might sound cliche, but at the time, I was learning lessons about reaping what you sow. You see, I wasn't a very happy person in my early to mid-twenties. I was angry. I was frustrated. I had almost no close relationships because I wouldn't let anyone in. Working in Washington, D.C., I was around people all day long. I had meetings to go to. I had constituents and colleagues to interact with. I rode the metro with hordes and hordes of people. But most of the time, I felt alone and isolated. You see, I was sowing seeds of bitterness and anger, jealousy, and much more in pursuit of something I couldn't quite name. But it had to do with money and success and power, you know, all the important things in life. I figured that it didn't matter if I hurt people or left them in the dust if I was taking care of number one. I wanted to be better, to have more, and it didn't matter what the wake of destruction looked like behind me. Now, there's a pretty long, involved story of how I got from there to the illustrious, powerful position I hold today. (laughs) And I could probably tell you that sometime. But suffice it to say, it took a complete upheaval and ultimately a change in the way I viewed the world for me to realize what a complete jerk I had been and that there was more to life than what I was seeking after. I was reminded of this time in my life this week as I read our scripture passages. The typical way this parable of Jesus is interpreted, and really the way he interprets it, is an invitation to self-examination, to figure out what kind of these four types of soil we might be at any particular moment. A preacher might ask you to consider questions like, 
Is your life filled with bitterness that has hardened your heart so that it's impenetrable? Do you ever feel as though the word of God did not get planted deep enough inside of you and has withered? Has life's trials and hardships choked out the priority the word of God plays in your life? Or are you wonderfully blessed to feel as though your life is fertile soil for God's word to be planted? The reason I know that preachers ask those questions is because those are the questions I asked in the last time I preached on this text. But it's not to say that the awareness of our current life situation or even our posture towards God's grace and love isn't important to consider now and then. But from my own experience, it can sometimes lead to a type of striving that can be a little toxic. Now, if Laura were here, she would tell you that I am just a little bit on the competitive side. Not only when I'm exerting myself in a sporting event or at the gym, but in life in general. And I still haven't shed that desire to be number one that I wrestled with back working in politics. So for me, when I'm asked what type of soil I am at any particular moment, one, I can start to get down on myself, and then I want to win, so I want to be that good, loamy, Midwest soil that can grow just about anything. And so I get to work to try and accomplish that. I slip right back into that mode of pursuing excellence in my spiritual life. I go buy a new devotional. I commit to reading the Bible every day and praying the divine hours. Really, I commit to being the best Christian in the world. And in doing so, I put blinders on, and at some point, I burn out. I don't know if this has happened to anyone else in this room. And I figured I might as well ask you how you're doing with your New Year's resolutions right now while we're at it. (laughs) Maybe, just maybe, a change in perspective when approaching this parable of Jesus and our own lives might do us some good. For all the striving we can sometimes undertake to be better, more pious, more righteous, holier Christians... For in that striving, something can escape our attention about this teaching of Jesus. We might be blind to the fact that the seeds that are sown are sown with so much reckless abandon. It's only in the fourth type of soil that that the seeds turn out to be an abundant harvest. But the sower with reckless abandon, sends these seeds out to be effective wherever they might land. The seed's own effectiveness is not dependent on the soil in which it falls. That reckless abandon with which the sower in Jesus' story spreads these seeds was outrageous to those listening. It wasn't like they could hop on over to the Home Depot or the nursery and pick up a packet of seeds for $1.99. Seeds were too valuable of an investment to be thrown away, to be thrown willy-nilly. And so through this reckless act, we have a reminder that no matter what is going on in our lives, no matter what barriers we have erected or what pain stands in the way, that the sower of those seeds hopes that they will come to fruition. 
that the sower sends his word of hope, a word of life, a word of peace into our lives. And somewhere within us is that goodness ready to spring forth a harvest. Now for most of us, it might not be immediately evident that this has happened. It might take searching and seeking to find it. It might even take a whole community of gardeners surrounding us and nurturing us and coaxing that seed to sprout. But God's word, that that word that says to each one of us that you are loved, that you are my child, that word is effective. This week at our pastor's text study, we were talking about the resiliency of seeds. We were talking about how there are places in the world that rain has not fallen for hundreds of years. And just a few years ago, one of these desert scapes had a rainstorm and plants sprung up almost immediately. You see, seeds had lied dormant there for all that time, just waiting for the nourishment of the rain to spring forth. In that same conversation, we are also reminded that some seeds have to go through the digestive system of a bird or another animal in order to sprout forth. And so while that first image of a desert being transformed into this beautiful landscape is wonderful, I'm pretty sure that most of us feel like God's word has to go through a lot of crap in order to bring anything beautiful forth in our lives. And so it might do us just some good today to attune our ears and our hearts to what God said through the prophet Isaiah. What God tried to remind us in the effectiveness of those seeds and the effectiveness of that word that's planted in us. Isaiah said, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose it and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So I have to say thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for that reckless abandon with which the seeds of mercy and hope and peace and love are sown. Thanks be to God for God's patience in letting them sprout in their due time. And thanks be to God for the effectiveness of those seeds in our life, even in the times that we're not aware of it. May we be thankful, but may we also be mindful that just as a seed of hope has been planted in us, so are we called to be sowers in our world. May we be mindful of the seeds we sow as we respond in faith to God's graciousness. Amen. these sermons are meaningful for you, we invite you to support the congregation, and you can do that at houseforall.org. There's a PayPal button there. Also, we'd love for you to come and join us for liturgy. We meet at 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock on Sundays at 2201 Dexter in Denver. <laughs>